Well, we're just, I, I keep saying that this series on the armour of God is coming to a conclusion and it keeps going on and on. Uh, that's because the scriptures just are so full of truth for us this evening. So before I read scripture, I'd just like to share prayer with you, if I may. Our Father, we thank you tonight for all that we've um, shared in during the services today. As we come to the conclusion of our day, just pray, Lord, that our devotions around your word will be a blessing to all who hear, that it will be an encouragement to us. And the net result will be that we will pray more and pray more effectively. Lord, we thank you for that. We pray that you will inspire us by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, obviously, we're still in Ephesians 6, where we were looking at the armour of God. And um, the studies on the actual armour itself have concluded. But we find that having verse 18, having outlined to us the armour, having spoke about the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the Apostle Paul continues, and he says these words, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words will be given me so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. I think Paul's credentials for teaching on prayer was the fact that not only was he a man of prayer, but he requested prayer. People that pray, in my understanding, are often people who will request prayer. If you don't believe in prayer, you won't ask anybody to pray for you. But if you believe in prayer, then you will request others. And right at the end, Paul says, pray also for me. And that shows me that Paul was a man of prayer. Not only was he aware that prayer can, he could pray for others, but he had an opportunity to ask people to pray for him. And may I just say this at the beginning, maybe the springboard to your prayer life being reinvigorated is the fact that you ask others to pray for you. Many in the cell vision are praying for one another. It's part of the responsibilities of the group to pray one for another. So may I encourage you, maybe the kickstart that our prayer lives need is that we request others to pray for us. Well, this teaching on prayer was not a postscript. I, I, it wasn't something that Paul stuck on the end, you know. It is part of his spiritual warfare. He spoke about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, helmet, righteousness, faith, and truth. All these were great words. But right at the end, he comes to this, not as I say as a postscript, but he says it very quickly, Pray in the Spirit. And, you know, that's often the clue. That's the key, if I may say, not the clue. The key is to pray in the Spirit. As Pentecostals, we believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. We believe in him teaching us, encouraging us. We know about excuse me, the gifts of tongues, whether in prophecy or personal edification. We hopefully are people who are familiar with the work of the Spirit. I think last week I acknowledged that the first encounter that we have with the Holy Spirit is not our baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is our conviction of sin, the revelation of who Christ is, bringing us to a place of conversion. So the Holy Spirit has been working in our life from the moment we became Christians. Later on, we have encounters with him when he is not just 
revealing Christ to us, but he's revealing himself. So he says, pray in the spirit. Now, I've got to say this. I don't find prayer easy. Now, maybe you do. And if you do, you want to thank God for it. But I'm, I'm of a, a disposition where I find prayer a challenge. I'm an activist. My mind is always thinking and planning and doing other things. So prayer is a challenge to me. So I want to say that not to make myself look vulnerable, although I have no problem in making myself vulnerable, because it's quite obvious how vulnerable I am. But there are going to be a number of people listening to this who will say, do you know what? That is such a relief. I thought I was the only person in the church that found prayer difficult. So tonight, I'm acknowledging that we're, we're in this boat together, seeking to encourage ourselves. Can we ever pray enough? Of course not. Can we, you know, we should all pray more. Even those of you who find prayer and have an intercessory gift, you will know there are times, I'm sure, when the challenge comes to you. And he says they pray in the spirit. Well, John, Jesus taught us in John very clearly, in John 14, that the Holy Spirit would be a paraclete. The Holy Spirit would come alongside us to help us and to encourage us. And when we come to prayer, it's not you battling on your own. The whole of Ephesians 6 is spiritual warfare. We have God's word, and God's word is an important part of prayer. If you can find some verses of scripture that link to your prayer request, that strengthens you in your prayer life because the word of God is true and you've linked it with your prayer requests. And so we know that we're not left on our own. We know that the Holy Spirit will come alongside. I once heard a preacher say that the Holy Spirit, and the, the, the paraclete, one who comes on, is like you're pushing your car, it won't start, and someone comes out and helps you push your car and get it started. Well, the Holy Spirit will do that. Not a very reverent um, illustration, but it'll, I think it helps you that when we're struggling, we need the Holy Spirit's help. And maybe all that you and I need is to invite the Holy Spirit to come into our prayer lives and inspire us in our prayers. Very, very important in that way. Now, after this call to prayer, it says, in, pray in the Spirit. It says, on all occasions. So really, I think what Paul is saying here, the frequency of our prayer life is on all occasions. May I illustrate? Not just on Sundays. Um, if I only pray in the pulpit, then really I haven't, I'm not really praying. You know, it's all occasions. You say, well, is it only when you're sick? No, all occasions. Is it when I'm feeling particularly under attack of the enemy? Uh, no, it's all occasions. Whenever. And that's the important thing about prayer. We tend to maybe departmentalize it. Well, this is only a small problem. I don't need to pray. Listen, all occasions. Well, this is a family matter. We can sort it out. Hang on, all occasions. And so Paul is reminding us that prayer is something that can be part of our lives. Now, we face a challenge and our prayer lives can step up in those moments with the Holy Spirit's help, praying on all occasions. In the authorised version, which I'm not reading from, there are four alls. I won't go into them now, but there are four alls. It doesn't quite fit in the NIV, but I acknowledge that. If you're still preaching from the authorised version, 
There's a great little sermon there, the four alls, all occasions, all prayers. I'll let you do your own homework on that one. So pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Then he says, with all kinds of prayers. Well, that, that's exciting, really, isn't it? It means that there's not just one type of prayer. I was just thinking before the service about my first real encounter with prayer. Um, I, as a little boy, my, my parents used to take me to a church. I won't mention the denomination. Um, they weren't evangelical. They certainly weren't Pentecostal. But I can remember going in to the service with my dad and sitting on one of the pews. And my father would do this. He would bow his head and then he'd rub his nose before the service. And I always wondered what he was doing. I'm, you know, I might be able to own a little lad. I thought, has he got a headache? Or what's going on? But that was the posture then, that when you came into church, before you did anything else, you're supposed to pray. I don't know if he was praying. I wouldn't be critical of him at all. Not my place to judge. But it was a heads down, eyes closed, and a very reverent posture. And there's certainly a place for that. But Paul is talking here about um, all prayers, all occasions, it, it's, the, it's not just that narrow band of places. Let me repeat the words again, all kinds of prayers. Okay, what, what type of prayer is there? Well, first of all, I think the most important prayer anybody ever makes is a prayer of repentance. Now, Pastor Colin was talking about repentance this morning. Some very good illustrations about repentance this morning, but I'll, I'll preach my sermon, I'll let him preach his. But, you know, repentance, I think, is our first prayer. Father, forgive me. That's where it begins, where we have an acknowledgement that we have fallen short of God's standard and we need God to come in and forgive us. So there's the prayers of repentance. There's prayers of request. I'm seeing, well, I'll see how many hours I can get. Okay, prayers of request where we have a need, we have a challenge and we need God's help. Prayers of request. Prayers of, um, also prayers of repentance, prayers of renewal, when we, we really just need God to come in our lives in a fresh way to be filled with the Spirit. And there are many more. There's supplications, there's, um, uh, there's intercessory prayers, there's praying for the nations as we've done tonight. Claudette, uh, rightly so, we prayed for Brazil and Pastor Colin prayed for India this morning. So we've got these worldwide prayers and yet, one of our neighbours might have a need, and we can pray for someone next door to us. Same God, same prayer, all prayers, all occasions. Very, very, very important for us. Now, prayer, we need a pattern to it. We really need a pattern to our prayers. You don't need me to remind you that in Luke 21, 36, Jesus, it says of Jesus, pray always. So prayer is not something that you would do. Now, you will pick up your Bible and read it. Okay. Now, prayer, again, is probably more available to even than our Bible reading, because if you're on the bus to work, you're on the train, you're waiting for something, you can offer prayer up on that occasion, on all occasions. And Acts 6, verse 4, we will give ourselves continually to prayer. That's the apostles. When they were setting out the, um, the stewards of the food for the widows in Acts 6, he said, it's not right for us to leave the word of God and prayer. So prayer was a very important part. Um, Acts 10, speaking of Cornelius, a Gentile, 
It says he was a devout man and prayed to God always. So prayer is not I will go to church and bow my head and pray. Nothing wrong with that. But that's a very limited understanding of prayer. Prayer is that whenever you need to, you can speak to your heavenly father. Again, time won't allow. But when the disciples said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, say these words, our father, which art in heaven. And even in that prayer, and although it's a denomination or as a tradition, we don't repeat that prayer often. There's nothing wrong with repeating that prayer again. I remember repeating it in school before I was a Christian. Just words to me then, but now so meaningful and so important. Uh, Romans 12, 12 says, continue diligently in prayer. Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, in everything by prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. 2 Timothy 1, without ceasing, I have remembered you in my prayers. That's Paul speaking again. Acts 12, Acts 13, the church prayed continually. So anything other than continuous prayer, making it part of our lives, is not the biblical pattern. I've already said, we don't want to get religious in this, like, oh, I've got a need, I must go to church. Wherever we are, we can bow our heads. In fact, we don't even have to see, I'm doing it myself. We don't even have to bow our heads. Wherever we are, we can speak to our Heavenly Father. And sometimes it'll be supplication. Sometimes we'll be asking for a renewal. Sometimes it'll be requests for healing. But there we have it. So Paul is reminding us on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers, and then he adds the words, and requests. It's not wrong to ask God for things. We can bring our requests. Now, hopefully, the only requests we bring are not just for ourselves, like heal me, make me prosperous, you know, and those sorts of prayers. Hopefully, our prayers are generous. And when we look at the closing of this chapter, Paul says, pray for me. For what? that he might preach the gospel. So even in that prayer request for himself, he was thinking of others. And maybe that's, again, a clue to our prayers. How many prayers do I offer up? And it's really to make my life easier. Nothing wrong with that. It says they're all requests. But if it's only requests from ourselves, I think maybe we've missed the heart and missed the spirit of the Holy Spirit in these things. Now, why should we pray? Well, we pray because, as I think I mentioned last week, when the simplest way to look at it is when we read our Bibles, God talks to us. It's his word. It's a sword. Again, last week. Okay. Now, in prayer, we talk to him. One of the quickest ways to discover if someone's upset with you is if they stop talking to you. So if you say to someone, how are you? And they don't speak back, you know you're in trouble. Now, um, I'm tempted to use some illustrations here, but I think I'm getting wiser as I get older. Sometimes someone will say there's nothing the matter when there is. Well, speech and communication uh, go together. And I think the time is, I wonder just how often God longed to hear my voice. And I wasn't talking to him. Oh, he was talking to me in scripture, loving it, writing it down, 
amazed at God's word. And maybe the Lord was saying, Gordon, I'm doing all the talking here. When are you going to talk to me? And so we need that lovely balance between the word and prayer together. So we are to be pray in the spirit. We must ask the spirit's help. We are aware that we can pray all kinds of prayers and requests. And then he says, again, being very practical, he says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, that sounds strange, doesn't it? He said, with all kinds, pray in the spirit. Okay, we've got that. On all occasions, yeah, we've got that. All kinds of prayers, we've got that. And requests, yeah, we've got that. We've got the idea. But he says, with this in mind, be alert. Alert to what? Well, we look at the context of the chapter and it's spiritual warfare. We're aware, he's speaking about the armor of God, that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. So he's saying that even though we are praying, even though we may have the armor of God on, we've got to be, a, well, I'm, we've got to be alert or wide awake because the enemy will still come. The reason we have the armor is because the enemy will attack. The reason that we need to pray is that we need the Holy Spirit's guidance and strength that we might, having done all, stand. The armor alone won't save you. We need the armor. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the sword of the Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to inspire us in our prayers. I love that, that we have the sword of the Spirit, which is um, sorry, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And then we have pray in the spirit. Prayer and the word are linked together there. So he says, with this in mind, be alert. And often as we intensify, and I don't want to get superstitious here, because uh, I've come across that in some Christians, that things start going wrong. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the devil all the time attacking us. It can be. But the wisdom is to discern where the attack's coming from and what the nature of it is. And sometimes good Christian friends can help us in that area. So with this in mind, be alert and keep on praying. So nothing must distract us. With the enemy in mind, we've got to be alert, wide awake. And, but at the same time, we've got to keep on praying. Please, if you have stopped praying... If you say, and I've heard this, I've prayed and God has never answered my question. Let me ask you a question. Are you a Christian? Do you feel forgiven? Do you know you belong to him? If the answer is yes, then God has answered prayer for you. You prayed that he would forgive you. He has. You prayed for assurance of salvation and you've got it. And if he never answers any other prayers, I don't think we have any room to complain or to moan about that. Having answered the big prayer, all the rest of it is like cherries on the cake. If Jesus never did another thing for me between now and when I die or go to be when I go to be with him, um, which will be dying, by the way, there isn't two, I haven't thought of another way. Um, it's it, it it doesn't matter because he's answered the big prayer. Jesus, will you forgive me? He said, Yes, I will, Gordon. Will you give me an assurance of salvation? Yes, I will. Will you give me the spirit of adoption where I believe I'm in your family and I can call you our Father? Yes, I will, Gordon. 
and all these prayers he said yes to. Now, did he answer the prayer 10 years ago when I wanted the new car and didn't get it? No. But when those things fall into insignificance compared to the big prayers God has answered. And so if you got disappointed and maybe given up praying, you say, well, I prayed and God didn't answer. Um, I don't know the circumstances. And even if I did, it would be foolish of me to try and interpret what God's doing in your life. But I know this. If you pray, your life will be enriched. The very act of prayer brings you into the presence of God. The very act of prayer gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to move into your life. So many different types of prayer. I think of speaking in tongues. We have that gift of tongues um, whereby we that can enhance our prayer lives and encourage us in our prayer lives. We have the gift of tongues with interpretation. But that tongue, prayer tongue, maybe that's something that needs to be revived in us. That when we come to prayer, we speak, if we have that gift, and um, we'll gladly pray with you if you'd like to receive it, um, you know, after some teaching, of course, you know, maybe that's it, praying in the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to move into us. I've been in many a service where someone nearby me has been speaking in tongues and worshipping the Lord, and, you know, the Spirit rises in me, and before I know it, I'm joining them in worship and in praise. We can encourage each other so much. Well, I'm watching the clock. I don't want to take advantage of your being out on an evening. And um, lovely to see so many in the service tonight. Thank you for coming out. But he says, keep on praying for all the saints. Hmm, That's a tough one, isn't it? Because I've met a couple of saints that I struggle with. <gasps> you say, oh, Goodness me, we can't have this man speak again. He's telling us he finds prayer difficult. Now he's telling us he finds some Christians difficult. I'm sorry, I do. And if you don't, you're probably in heaven, not on earth. So it's pray for all the saints. So even those who may have let you down, disappointed you, we've got to pray for them. What about the saints in Brazil and in India? My brothers and sisters in Brazil and in India, never met them. I don't know them. I, you know, I've been to Brazil. I've not been to India, um, but I've got to pray for them. What about my neighbours nearby? Um, one of my neighbours is an elder in an evangelical church. You know, he very kindly offered to do some work in my house for me, which was very kind of him, you know. Do I pray for him or do I only pray for Elam church people? No, it's pray on all occasions with all types of prayers. And it says pray for the saints. Very important. Now you think, well, you know, I think that's a bit imbalanced there, Gordon. You, you know, um, well, if you do, you have to have a word with Paul because he said that pray for all the saints. Well, what about the lost? Well, he answers that question next, doesn't he? Because he requests, what does he say? Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words will be given me so I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel. There's a good prayer, isn't it? I've said this before, forgive me. There's a good prayer. Pray that you will be given words to speak and share your faith and the gospel with other people. Now, I'm an extrovert. It's quite obvious. Talking to people 
is not a problem. Talking to strangers is not a problem. You may not be like me. You may be shy, a bit more reserved. Again, doesn't make me better than you or less than you. We both have to rely on the Holy Spirit's help. Maybe I need to learn how to say less and let God do more. Maybe you need to learn to say more and let God do some more. But either way, we both stand together seeking to be effective. And Paul says, pray that when I open my words will be given me. What a great prayer every day. Lord, if you open the door for me today, I will walk through it, believing that you will give me the words to say. Very important uh, in that way. And at the bus stop, a conversation. Oh, what did you do yesterday? I went to church. Um, there was a great preacher in the morning. The one in the evening wasn't very good, but oh, right. Well, tell me about the good preacher then. And before you know it, you're talking about repentance to someone. And who are you to say that God won't work? Too often, I know I've done it. I've said, oh, that person won't come to Christ. Who am I to say they won't? If I've prayed that God will open the door and that God will give me the words so that I will fearlessly make known. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's admitting that for him, evangelism, gospel preaching, not in the way we would do it at KT where we're in the pulpit and we're surrounded by Christians. Paul was in enemy territory here. He was in the Roman Empire and the principalities and powers were seeking to destroy the church. And here we have this man who wrote great chunks of the New Testament. Here we have this man that opened churches. He was an apostle, fantastic guy. He's still saying, pray for me that I might preach fearlessly. He had a reserve. He wasn't sure. There were times he was hesitant. Why? Well, for Paul, it could have meant death. Hopefully that won't happen to us. It does happen to some of our brothers and sisters around the world. And we prayed earlier today for the man who was stopped preaching the gospel in the street. This is it's a very strange world we live in today. But we have to stand our ground on scripture, speak politely and speak clearly. But having done all, we stand in that way. So there we are. almost finished. Um, it says, that, as for me, um, whenever I open my mouth, words will be given, so I will be fiercely made known the mystery of the gospel. For it says, for I am an ambassador in chains. Now, an ambassador is someone who travels to another country. Well, Paul was in Rome now. He was writing this epistle in Rome. He was under house arrest. So he was an ambassador. He was God's man in Rome. So he thought of himself as an ambassador. He was representing Jesus in Rome. And then he says, pray again that I may fearlessly declare as I should, even in Rome, knowing that Caesar could put him to death just with a whim. He said, look, I want to share the gospel, for I am an ambassador. You see, and let me just conclude with this. You've listened so well. You are an ambassador for Christ, like Paul. Now, you may not be in chains, I hope you're not, but you may, you know, Paul was an ambassador. He was representing Jesus in Rome, even though he was chained. You're an ambassador representing Jesus in your school, in your office, in your bank, in your hospital, at, at wherever it might be, in that way. 
We are ambassadors. And so Paul is saying here, look, pray for the saints, pray for yourselves. You need the Spirit's help, you know, uh, on all occasions and all sorts of prayers, make your request known. But pray for me that the gospel will be shared. Pray for Kensington Temple, that the whole of Kensington Temple will fearlessly declare the mystery of Christ, which is what? The mystery of Christ, the mystery of the gospel is God in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Again, another message. But that's important. Pray for our church. I remember when I was pastoring uh, one of our churches, we, we used to have a prayer card. It wouldn't be possible. In fact, now we'd probably do something online. But back then we had these prayer cards, 10 things to pray for every day. Get a list of 10 things. Now, the number one thing was to pray for me as the pastor. And a hundred people out of the people that were doing that were asked to pray for me to have patience. I made a personal request to a hundred of the prayer folk. Will you pray every day? I get, I have patience. I think I needed a hundred and one people praying. Maybe I wasn't as patient as I should be, but I acknowledged that I needed the prayer of people and a hundred covenanted with me. And I thank God for them. Um, you have the prayer department in the church. You have revival times. There's so many facilities there that can help us pray in these days. So please start praying again. You may need to say to God that you're sorry that you stopped. You may need to start with a prayer. Lord, forgive me for not praying. Okay. But then move on, move on there. Don't get too religious. Don't think, well, I've got to pray an hour a day. You don't have to pray any particular time or any length of time. You just need to talk to your heavenly father who is in heaven. He can't wait to hear your voice. So let me all hand over to Claudette or to Scott. May I just read the scriptures again? Okay. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I will declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, let me end with this. Will you pray for me, please? Now, I'm not going to ask you to pray for me every day because there are these, but will you pray for me just once? My family to say, Lord bless Gordon and his family. All families face challenges. I'm not going to share any challenges we face, but all families face challenges. And I'm asking you, as Paul did, pray for me just once and then move into your prayer program of other needs in that way. And don't forget, you're an ambassador wherever you are 